0: Are you ready? I'm ready. Hello and welcome back to Sassy Sassy Sassinax. I'm Kasaya
1: and I'm Leanne and we are rereading the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon one chapter at a time
0: and discussing it. Today we're talking about chapter 9, The Gathering of book 1, Outlander. Okay, chapter 9, The Gathering. A summary, as read, by Leanne. And written. As read and written by Leanne. When you do all the work for a group project. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Speaking of, I have one of those due Friday. Okay. Mm. Chapter 9. The Gathering. Claire is beginning to feel comfortable in the castle and makes friends with some of the women who tell her that the gathering is coming up soon. Claire is curious about what the gathering is and finds out that Mackenzie's will be coming from all over the lands to swear their allegiance to Column as their laird. In preparation for the influx of people... Claire goes on gathering expeditions with castle women, and on one of these expeditions meets Gillis Duncan, wife of the procurator, procurator fiscal of the nearby village of Cranesmuir. Gillis is described as tall and slender, with red hair and striking green eyes. She knows about herbs and plants like Claire, and the two get on well for the afternoon, though Claire does comment that some of her tips for certain plants sound a bit ridiculous. Gailis confesses that townsfolk gossip that she is a witch, and some of the local women come to her for love potions and herbs to get rid of children they don't want. Galis appears to be a natural-born gossip, and shares with Claire the local suspicion that Hamish Mackenzie isn't actually Column's son, but rather Jamie's, and Letitia is also rumored to be a, a witch. But no one would dare tell her to her face, as the laird's wife. After a while chatting with Gailis, Claire takes her leave to return with the castle women, and they seem very relieved to find her. Claire, not understanding their relief, assures them that she's fine, and one confesses to her that they had been ordered to keep watch on her. Claire assures the woman that she knows it's nothing personal, and they move on. Several days later, Dougal approaches Claire and asks if she would be interested in visiting Crane's mirror with him to see Gilis again, and stock up on some simples. Claire is delighted and agrees. The Duncans' house is large and stately, and we see the village for the first time. During the afternoon of preparing herbs with Gilis, Claire begins to notice a ruckus outside in the square, and curiously opens the window to see what's going on below. Gaelis tells her that a young boy in the middle of the crowd had probably been caught stealing and that he may lose an ear or a hand for it. She is very nonchalant about this, and Claire is troubled. She asks Galus to intercede on the boy's behalf, and reluctantly Galus does. When she returns, she's proud of herself for getting the boy a light sentence, of one ear nailed to the pillory, all things considered. Hours pass, and Jamie appears to bring Claire back to the castle for the night. Along the way, they pass by the boy, still nailed to the pillory, and Claire again wants to help. She asks Jamie if he would be able to free the boy, and Jamie agrees that if she can cause a distraction, he can do it. Claire fakes a swoon and pulls the crowd away so Jamie can free the boy and is shocked by the way the crowd turns so quickly from menace to concern for her. Jamie firmly states that they must leave and bundles her onto his horse. On the way back, Claire thanks him for his assistance, and he calls her Sassanac for the first time, not as an insult, but as a pet name.
0: Mm, I know! (laughs) When I realized... That and like I listened to that part. I just I like had a moment. I right? <laughs> had a moment all by myself on the train, and then I wrote in my notes in all caps. He calls her Sassanak for the first time. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <sighs>
1: anyway, I think I had a similar all caps result <sighs> response. Uh, oh no, I didn't. No, mine was much more contained. It was just oh, he's so sweet, and she's like, oh,
0: <laughs> oh. I also like how she's, like, it was a friendship that was deeper than just countryside gossip yeah. or whatever, or gossiping in the fields or something like that. Something like that. It was, like, cute. Like, she's acknowledging it as something that's, like, legit. All right. So, starting at the beginning. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. We can work our way backwards.
1: <laughs> no. No, that would be confusing.
0: <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay. So, Claire's starting to feel comfortable
1: at the castle. The routine can be very calming. She has like, shape, her life has shape, I love that. Like an unspecified amount of time has passed, but it's not like ridiculously long, but it's definitely been
0: a few weeks. Oh, I I wrote, I fucking love a let's fast forward slowly through something like yes. a month or so segment. Like, it's just really nice, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: like, okay, lots of interesting things have happened, and let's get to something more interesting.
0: Yeah, let's make some distance, create some time. I like that she has some friends. Yeah. I like Magdalene is like a cute name, but it makes me think of Mary, Mary Magdalene. Yes. Magdalene yes. But... Um, None of them have Bible names. Well, yes. Yes.
1: It's that time in, uh, uh, you know...
0: History? Yes. Yeah.
1: Words are hard. So she's cute. She's chatting with the other castle woman. They treat her like a person, even though she's an English woman. And then, you know, as such is basically an enemy... But they're not treating her like that, and that's kind of nice. It's, like, her first um, experience of just, like, being one of the girls, kind of, here. Yeah, definitely. And I like that the the people continue to go above and beyond her expectations.
0: Yeah, because they're not... Yeah, they're not completely outcasting her. They're mm-hmm. not, you know, shunning her. And they're wary of her in yeah. this kind of super reasonable way. But they're also like, oh, you know how to, like, heal. So, like, tell me about my husband's bunions. Like, you know. Right. Like, okay, like, <laughs> it's
1: utilitarian at the same time. They're like, okay, she's useful. And she's kind of nice. And, like, she's you know
0: she doesn't have horns growing out of her head yeah she's just an english woman and like that's part of because like legit she's just an english woman in the wrong place at the wrong time and while no one believes that and she's like being watched and like really actively watched and she gets like full-on confirmation by like mags just kind of like yeah (laughs) i love you color mags i like it it's a good name (laughs) (laughs) we've created nicknames for characters who don't have nicknames
1: sorry but she's like So Magdalene's, like, super uncomfortable telling her that. She's, like, she's afraid she'll be offended, which is adorable because she's, like, I don't, I kind of like you. I don't want to offend you, but also, like, this is just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then who shows up?
0: I'm dancing. You is. guys can't see it, but Duncan. I'm dancing. <laughs> I, okay, so as I was reading this, I was reminded about how much I liked her when I met her. Yes. And, like, obviously knowing what we know, it's, like, super hard for That's me weird. to, like, like her. But, like, I do kind of like her right now. You know? Yes.
1: First day, she's very likable. She's and chill. Just exactly. Like, she's... She, treats Claire more as a person than even the other castle women. And she's like, Claire makes the point of saying she's not like meek and submissive. She's, she's sharp. She has wit. She's fun to mm-hmm. talk to.
0: She makes a note about how she's surprisingly well educated. Uh-huh. And I'm uh-huh. like, uh-huh. uh-huh. That's because she's from the 60s. You don't know. That women's movement though. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Um, yeah. They... Okay, so, like, not much happens during that first interaction. Like, we get that, you know, she's a person, she's, like, friendly, she knows about herbs, they, like, bond. It's cute that she has, like, a girlfriend who she's interested in seeing again. And then, a couple days pass, Dougal says, hey, do you want to go to the village and see the Fiscal's wife? I heard you two have stuff in common. And then I have a list of evidence that Galus and Dougal are (laughs) sleeping together.
0: You have lists of evidence? I have a list of evidence. Well, she takes forever. She's like, oh, I have something for your brother. Come with me. Claire, you go upstairs. And then she yes. takes forever to appear. Yes. so there's that. Okay, that was the only one I noted. And then
1: there's later, when Jamie comes to pick up Claire, Gailus hands them a chest of herbs or whatever it is, and writes a note to Cl- and gives it to Claire and says, only give this to Dougal or I won't get paid forever. Which is like, okay, that's not a note to get paid. That's a love note. No confirmation here, but it's totally Mm. a thing. And then, the chest is very heavy. If it's a chest of herbs and simples, there's no, there's no way that that is that. There's Jacobite money in there. You cannot convince me otherwise.
0: Shit, I didn't even think about the heaviness. I was just like, oh yeah, it's a big chest. Jamie is straining
1: to get it up on his saddle thing, and Jamie is a large man. And it's all, like, dried herbs and shit. It's not, Unless you have, like, an entire marijuana farm in there. (laughs) You... I'm not just imagining, like, these Scots smoking weed. (laughs) It's not a hard thing to imagine.
0: I get drunk a lot. Provoke similar, whatever.
1: So, yeah, okay, this is my case. I rest on it.
0: Court is adjourned. I, I, wow, okay. So I don't believe the love note thing. I believe that, like, you know. It might not be a love note, but she's
1: really, like, weird about, like, only give it to Dougal.
0: I feel like that's kind of normal, though, because, like, I don't know, like, those kinds of notes, they always take forever. Like, that kind of thing. I don't know, I feel like that kind of stuff takes forever now. Well, maybe
1: it's not a love note. Maybe it's an, hey, look at all this gold I got you for your cause note.
0: Yeah, okay, so that's the thing. If the chest isn't filled with herbs and it's filled with right. other things, yeah. then, like, also, if they're like, oh, I'm giving this to Mrs. Fitz, is Mrs. Fitz in on it? Or does Dougal have to intercept it with the note? Because, like, they're not going to deliver the chest... To Dougal with the note because it's for Mrs. Fitz. So do they give Mrs. Fitz this heavy chest and then Dougal the... Like, I don't... I don't don't know. Maybe it's,
1: like, hiding in the bottom.
0: I don't know. I like it, though.
1: I rest my case. Stop (laughs) arguing with me.
0: Very, very (laughs) sorry. So there's
1: that. And then Father Bane pops up for the first time.
0: I, like, don't remember him as a character. I was just kind of like, oh... Okay, he becomes
1: important later.
0: I believe you. I don't. Is he the one who marries them? I don't no, remember. he's not that
1: important. Though. No, No, but he's important. In, is in he the one who like
0: way. tries her for a witch? Being a witch. Oh, she's nodding at me. Okay, <coughs> got it. Forget people can't see us.
1: It's funny. I wrote, I actually hate him. Like he's the kind of priest that makes all Catholic people look nuts. Like I actually actively hate this fake man.
0: And as Catholic, you would maybe yes. have some stake in the matter. I do.
1: Yeah. He's like the angry fire and brimstone people that make me want to drop kick him off a cliff. Mm. Jesus loves me. And you. And everyone. So shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love you. There's like, what's the one thing where it's like, um, like love your neighbor? And then someone's like, but Jesus, what if you? And he goes, did I fucking stutter? Yeah. <laughs> That
0: is that is my god. I don't know about you. Alright, <laughs> alright. I, I like it. Um Okay, wait, no, can we go back to meeting Gayless in the orchard? Yes, please. Because we find out a shit ton with this interaction with Gayless. Oh
1: wait, I skipped Gilles, over all You of that. totally did,
0: right? I did. Okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> but um we find out that Letitia is a witch, or at least rumored, rumored to, be to be a you. witch. She, she does the whole, like, oh, she doesn't need my help for, like, yeah. keeping a baby out of her. She just talks. Like, she's and telling I, Claire so much shit. I think, okay, so I think that she might have an inkling that Claire is a traveler. Probably. Um, That's one, disgusting. because of, like, how they're talking together. I mean, like, even, like, the cadence of speech. Yeah. You, you think about that from even a generational perspective, in the generations that we have access to. Like, the cadence of speech between a 12-year-old and an 80-year-old, like, they just use different kinds of words. And, like, sentence patterns. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And they seem to match really well, I They think. do, in a she way that she hasn't
0: that. really with the other people. And mm-hmm. so, even if it's not conscious yet, I think there's definitely a subconscious oh, this is familial. Yeah, you're more like
1: me. And even though, so it's funny because Claire and Gillis are in two different generations. If Mm -hmm. they were in time passing at the same rate, Claire would be in Gilles' mother's generation. But here they're actually, I think Gillis is a few years older than her because time travel.
0: Because time travel. Ugh, time travel.
1: But it's funny because I'm thinking about like the difference between like the 40s and the 60s. Oh, yeah. And, like, just the culture... I mean, and I'm obviously thinking American culture, but worldwide, there was a a definite
0: shift. Oh, God. I mean, the 60s was the Civil Rights Movement, and the 40s was World War II. I mean, those are, like, distinct, different eras in history. Um, Mm -hmm. At least in America, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Cold War. But I love the Cold War. I'm such a history nerd. (laughs) Seriously. But, anyway... (laughs) Either way, even if they're one generation apart, they're still like worlds closer together oh God. than like the everyone else. Everyone else, yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's cool. And then we also get the, so we get the Letitia be a witch.
0: We get um, <laughs> the knowledge of the mushrooms and the food poisoning and everything, mm-hmm. which, and like, and, and like different herbs to, you know, start and stop bleeding yes why would you want to start bleeding oh god claire you sweet innocent well because and and if you think about it like she's thinking her entire medical experience is in the form of field hospital work Mm -hmm. like i can't like how many babies has she helped deliver like no
1: like domestic yeah health experience
0: she yeah
1: and also that wouldn't have even really been something that was Probably talked about in, like, decent
0: society in well, the they 40s. also had birth control by that point. No, they did not. In the 40s? They did not. They had. It was invented for World War II. They didn't have widespread access to it. When was birth... Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> birth control invented. invented. Huh. Late. I totally thought it was invented for World War II. It was part of it because they needed women to, like, actually work and, like, have a stable form of birth control.
1: The practice of birth control, but it wasn't, like,
0: medical. Yeah, like, not the pill.
1: Right. And
0: World War I and condoms. Ah, they had
1: condoms. The
0: birth control movement received an unexpected boost during World War I. This is probably what I was remembering. Mm-hmm. As a result of the crisis of U.S. military experience when many of its soldiers were diagnosed with syphilis or gonorrhea. The military undertook an extensive education campaign focusing on abstinence, but also offering some contraceptive guidance. The military under pressure from purity advocates did not distribute condoms or even endorse their use, making the U.S. the only military force in World War I that did not supply condoms to its troops. Good
1: job. When U.S. soldiers
0: (laughs) were in Europe, they found rubber condoms readily available, and when they returned to America, they continued to use condoms as their preferred method of birth control. Okay,
1: so in Europe, they had condom use, and they had, like... You know, like, the natural, like, rhythm shit that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why Catholics have so many babies.
0: <laughs> My dad is one of nine.
1: My dad is one of five.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: When I went through pre-Cana, they were like, you can use the rhythm method. And I leaned over to Justin and went, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're not doing that shit.
1: <laughs> so they had, like, physical barriers. They didn't have, like, a medical...
0: Yeah, like not a pill.
1: So, and there was a lot of like back and forth, like some people were very for it and there was a lot of societal pressure against it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the same thing as like with um, like alcohol and prohibition and that kind of stuff. Like there was a lot of social pushing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but that's very different. Like, so the widespread feeling was not as uniform as it was in the 60s when Gaelis was... A young adult the same way that Claire was it was very like you know hey yeah take control of your life to have birth control you decide yeah so I don't remember where we were going with this but I got really fascinated with the history of birth control
0: yeah no it's super fascinating because like there was you know a large period of time where doctors were only uh prescribing birth the birth control pill to married women Mm because I thought it was going to like you know get unmarried women to have sex before they were married or whatever. nobody like, was doing that ever. Of course not. No one's I, ever done that in their lives. You can't. It's impossible. It's totally impossible. That's why I don't exist right now. I know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Just a pigment of my imagination. I'm talking to yeah. myself. Um... Yeah. So no, but I do like that um, Claire is just so oblivious to the domestic yeah. side of doctoring, um, from things like birth control to which this like plant that they're talking about is like pretty much the abortion pill. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it, or or even like Plan B. Like I don't fully get
1: they don't it. go into it the, so much. I have but no idea
0: what actual hormone is released, but it's that we kind know what of it thing. does. Yeah, yes. um, but it
1: has to be done early. Yeah, so it is like a, like a Plan B, like a Plan B or
0: or yeah. Or, yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you do, like, even today, if you, like, the abortion pill or whatever, if you do take it too late, it can be, like, really harmful for yeah. everyone involved. So, like, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, that's not important. But I like that Claire knows nothing about any of this. And Geely is just like, oh. Ah! It's funny
1: because it's such a stark contrast from her later in the books when, like, the majority of what she does is, like, delivering babies. Like, on the ridge. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Like,
1: she's constantly, like, and if we needed to have her not in the scene, she's off on a birth. Yeah like no kind of exactly but it was it's totally normal because she knows how to do it and like she's probably the only person that's going to keep these people alive on a regular basis like
0: she's the best midwife in the 50 mile radius you know like
1: it's almost like she's had actual
0: training (laughs) maybe she went to some kind of program that taught people about medicine like uh School. A medical school.
1: school. <laughs> oh, my God. This is what happens when we take a week off. <laughs>
0: We're just Enough. real loopy. Oh,
1: God. Okay. Okay. And then we talk about Hamish.
0: Oh, God, And yes. all the rumors. And all of the rumors. And and Geely says flat out that it's Jamie. She's that like, oh, yeah, everyone thinks Jamie. that. And she's like, everyone says that. And it's like, and we know that it's not,
1: but we've never seen the village. We don't know the village people. We
0: don't know the village people. YMCA. <laughs> I don't. The understand. village people. What do you mean about the? Village? Oh God! You know. Did the village people do the YMCA? Yes, honey. Didn't you No. Really? I know the song. I just didn't know who was by. It's a hundred. Oh my God! It is the village people. I think I thought it was like the B-52s. Nope. 100% the village people. (sighs) I'm sorry. You're so right. Anyway. (laughs) What are we talking about? I could have done... All of this is going to end up on the cutting room floor. It's fine.
1: So, Hamish, the entire village thinks that he's Jamie's son, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is fairly reasonable to uh, assume. And I like that there's a contrast between the village people gonna sing again and the castle people mm-hmm. um in this whole thing like we don't really know what the castle people think per se but i'm sure they're not walking around openly talking about it because Colum and letitia and hamish live there and that would be a recipe for getting your head cut off
0: but isn't it Dougal? like don't we it is we find out that it's Dougal. yes
1: and claire suspects it's Dougal. yes but the people in the village probably are just like whatever everybody's attracted to jamie
0: Freaking oh but no you know why they think that why think about the timing hamish is like eight jamie was in the cast like he's 24 oh my god he showed jamie up. at was 16 like, he showed him like 16 oh my he god he was only there for like a year or something like and the timing is almost perfect it's very suspicious i hadn't considered that of course that's why they think it's jamie Because Jamie was there, and then then she got pregnant, and then he left. And, like, yeah, and didn't come back for eight fucking years, you know? Because what we find out, and um, I'm not actually sure when it gets, like, really driven home, but it got driven home for me in this chapter, was that this is, like, this is the first time Jamie has been back to this castle yes. since he was 16. Mm-hmm. I think when I originally read the books, I assumed he was out on some party and then was coming back. And he yeah. lived there. Right. But like, no, he's not living there. He showed up for the first time since he was 16, the same day Claire showed up, you know?
1: Yeah. And people are kind of like, oh, we know you. They'd seen him before. They knew he was Collum's nephew, but he hadn't been in like their daily lives. Yeah. Since yeah. he was basically still a child. Yeah. But about a decade, you know? like Almost, yeah. Eight years. Longer. Yeah. yeah.
0: Long as been of high school, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, God, shut up. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so we find all of that out, which is super interesting. Oh, and also um, that they
1: openly think that Galas is a witch, and she like endorses it.
0: Yeah, but but she has the protection of her husband, you know, like right,
1: like Letitia does in the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her line where she's like, "Yeah, they they say I'm a witch, but they don't say it too loud because my husband's the procurator is Yeah. Like- <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like she's so sassy. <laughs> she's funny and she's sassy in a different way like we've met a lot of sassy characters but she's definitely different than everyone else in this time period like we were saying like you know we've seen like the the scots dudes go back and forth and Mm -hmm. you know like kind of rib on each other and it's funny and it's like raunchy but she does it like in a way that no other woman does so far
0: yeah oh definitely
1: I, she's likable in this chapter it is like
0: a lot
1: well the first half of this chapter she starts to like give me like
0: she gives me weird like, feelings red spinning warning bells later on like yeah maybe maybe we should just jump right to there because the, the, the there's i mean there's obviously a few stuff with the whole the boy and the sentencing mm-hmm. and everything but like let's start at the beginning of that whole thing Okay, so they're pounding herbs, and is this what you want me to say? Yeah, I like that. (laughs) I like
1: it when you realize things.
0: Oh, yeah. So um, when she walks into Geely's house for the first time, and she's, like, describing it and describing, like, this maid and whatever, and Mm -hmm. she's, like... Her pumpkin-shaped face. Yes, I love that. (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, and so she's, like, wandering around, not wandering around, but, you know, she's being led into the storeroom mm-hmm. and, and to the workroom, and she notices a surprisingly modern counter, <laughs> which I find, I was like, wait, no, it's because, it's because she, likes She's surprisingly Claire. modern! She's surprisingly modern! And so Claire's like, oh, a counter to work at? I haven't had a kitchen counter in forever, which... I don't know when kitchen counters became like a normal right, thing versus like just a table. Yeah, but like yeah. it has not happened yet. People work on tables right now. There's aren't counters built into the wall. Oh, I love counter space. It's so good, right? It's and such like a nice thing. you know, it's one of the biggest parts about having a kitchen is like how much counter space do you have and you know all that jazz. Yeah. So like I just I I loved that moment anyway. It's just
1: a nice like thing that you don't realize until you already know. Yeah. You know, so I like the breadcrumbs and I'm, I, I, yeah, uh, definitely. They're so well placed. Yeah. That it just is like, oh, look at this. It, it resembles this thing that I'm aware of. Like, yeah, Claire, I wonder why.
0: Also, can we talk real quick about how she refers to the town square with the hand metaphor? Yes. And not like the fingers of the hand, but the metacarpals. And she and uses and the
1: radius and the ulna. And sh- I'm like, Claire, you're such a nerd. <laughs> she uses-
0: medical Terms to talk about this fucking town. This is how and like, it's
1: hilarious. I feel like this is how you have to rationalize. Like, I know <gasps> that the bones of the hand are the same in every human being. I don't care what year it is. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that will not change. Like, math is the same in every language and everyone has the same metacarpals. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, I would do that. You know, I, yeah. I it's something to ground
0: yourself, but it is really funny. That's funny. Okay, so should we talk about the um? The boy. Yeah. Of the boy. Yeah. No, I think we should talk about the boy. I think we can start at the beginning of the whole boy yes. stuff. There's though. a
1: lot. Yeah.
0: I wrote a lot for this. Yeah, I I so wrote lot. a bit too. Um. Yeah. So we start off. Claire's been noticing some noises. She sticks her head out the window, and she sees this boy who looks like a Tanner's Lad. That's how they refer to him, mm-hmm. as the Tanner's Lad.
1: Yeah, and he apparently,
0: she says his, like, his grubby and smelly shirt,
1: and I'm like, wow, it must really smell if you can smell it from the fourth floor window.
0: <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> okay. But yes, the Tanner's um, Lad. But the Tanner's Lad um, is being hauled along by the priest, who we already talked about a bit. Um <laughs> Apparently he's a dick. I don't remember what he does. I kind of remember what he does. he does. here anyway. Um, but so he he's coming to bring the boy to justice, bringing him to the and house. Weirdly enough, justice is also Veilus's husband. Yeah, which you know, not
1: That's like convenient. she didn't
0: plan that.
1: Oh,
0: not it's, it's an oh. awkward coincidence. Yeah, because she's obsessed with power. Anyway, um. And, yeah, so Claire is, like, talking to Geely about this. Like, hey, what's going on? Like, what's going to happen? She's like, oh, he's probably stealing. um, And it depends how, what good of a mood my husband is in. Either he'll get a whipping or he'll, like, maybe lose a hand. And she says both of these with the same inflection as if neither one of them matters.
1: Yeah. She, like... We start to see the like yeah, yeah. psychopathic tendencies yeah, yes. in this moment. That's what I'm talking about when I get those red spinning warning bells. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is like the sound of a psychopath. She doesn't quite like. She sees that Claire is upset by this, but doesn't seem to understand why. Yeah.
0: Oh, definitely. She's like, why? Why do you care? Like, she literally yeah. asked straight out, "What, you? Yeah."
1: yeah. She's like, "What do you mean? Why do I care?" Yeah, And that's when I was just like, oh, whoa, step back. Yeah. <laughs> like, this girl will stab you in the back with
0: a smile. And she does. And she does. She does. <laughs> kind of. Uh, metaphorically, at least. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, but but then Claire tries to kind of rationalize this with the whole, like, this whole commentary around mm-hmm. one mob mentality around, she evokes Dickens, mm-hmm. she, like. Talks about the difference between knowing and seeing and yeah. which she brings back again after the thing from last chapter of the yep, chapter before. A
1: conversation with Jamie about him and Alec.
0: Yeah, and exactly. Um, which is a theme that I keep seeing in a bunch of these different chapters, which yeah. I think will be interesting to track sure. as she learns more and more about this world. Um, I have a lot of quotes from this part mm-hmm. that I pulled out because they were just
1: excellently written.
0: I pulled out a few as well. Do we want to start with this one, unless you have I one beforehand? I want to go. I do have one
1: before that. Okay. Um, so when she's talking about the sound of the the like the mob below the window, mm-hmm. she calls it a soft pattering susurros <laughs> of menace. Oh God. Which is just like, ooh, I would never have put those words together. Mm-hmm. But it kind of gives you like the the background of like it's a. It's not quite in the foreground. It is in the background, kind of the periphery, if you're noticing. But it has this, like, menacing undertone. Mm -hmm. And that finally gets her attention to kind of look out and be like, all right, what's going on? And then we both picked the same quote, obviously, because it is...
0: It it packs a fucking uh Uh punch. To stand against a crowd would require something more than ordinary courage. Something beyond human instinct. And I feared I did not have it. And fearing felt ashamed. Yep. And it's like, I mean, if you think about mob mentality, and like today, like there have been studies done about mob mentality, and it like is legitimately a thing, and our brains work differently Yes when we are part of a crowd than when we are an individual. Like literally the like firing, like, yes. They fire differently. Our brain works differently. Um, and, like, it's very weird, but very real it's and very scary. It's unsettling
1: and, very, yeah, really scary to realize that you kind of don't have as much control as you think you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really easy to say, well, I would never do that.
0: Oh, totally. And
1: um, I have a, a lot here mm-hmm. about, I'm going to kind of go on a tangent, but it's a relevant tangent. Mm-hmm. So this um, also Claire talks about mob rule and connects it to the Holocaust of the Jews in Nazi Germany.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and you know, going how could they stay so silent when they knew it was happening? And then she says this quote, and she realizes how they could have stayed silent because it was it really was about like personal safety at that point. Mm-hmm. And there's just like there's no there's nothing that says to me that they're going to turn on me, but there's nothing that says that they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, And this reminded me of this series of experiments that were done in the 60s at Yale um, by this guy Stanley Milgram. I
0: don't don't know know. if you've
1: never heard of this. Okay, so this is something that has fascinated me since I was a psychology student undergrad many years ago, like Mm. five years ago. Um, But he did these studies on obedience to authority figures. Mm. Um, And they were done in conjunction with the first trials of Nazi war criminals because some people were saying, you know, they just followed orders. Like, that was, people were divided on whether or not they should be held accountable for their actions or whether you should just try the leaders. Um, You know, like, was a foot soldier really capable of standing up and saying, like, no, this is wrong? Um, So the study that they did involved a confederate in the lab who was brought in um, as a learner. So their title was learner. And then the actual like participant that they brought in off the street, their title was teacher. So the researcher would be the authority figure in the room. The teacher would be the, the participant who was sitting at a control panel that looked like it looked real. Mm-hmm. And it had all these buttons all over it. Um, and there was a voltmeter on the side. And they were instructed to turn it to a certain level of, like, volts, or I'm not good at electricity, mm-hmm. but, you know, things, and then hit a button and shock the learner.
0: Oh, I have heard Yeah, of this. it's
1: very well known, and it's been used in a lot of different, like, media. Um, there was, like, an episode of Law & Order SVU that kind of touched on it with Robin Williams. It was a great episode. Yeah. Um, and so they were instructed to, you know, ask a question and if the person got it wrong. And, of course, since the person was on the researcher side, they would get it wrong a lot. Mm-hmm. And every time they got it wrong, they were instructed to shock the person. Now, this didn't actually shock the person, but the teacher role didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was um, – they were, they were not ordered to stay. They were, not, um, they were not threatened. They were told, really, that, you know, that if, you were, if you want to leave – You can leave, but I I think two out of three times, the participant would, when instructed, turn the meter up all the way to something that, you know, had big, like, three X's on it, red flashing, like, don't do this, it will kill them, and would push the button, purely because there was somebody in a white lab coat standing there saying, you have to keep going, even though they'd already been told, if you're uncomfortable, you can leave. And, like, I have goosebumps right now hearing about this because it's <sighs> fucking terrifying. And, like, these people, this was before, like, modern ethics were introduced yeah. into, um, like, into, into the, research. Into research, like, <laughs> right, into the word. So, like, these people were, like, not debriefed a lot of the time at the end. So they, like, walked out of there and, like, had a panic attack thinking they had just killed someone. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of people who were interviewed like, years later who had been participants were like, I didn't think I would do it. I, I really thought that I would never. And, like, to, to like, can you yeah. imagine, like, learning that about yourself and being like, shit, like, I would I thought, kill someone if yeah. they told me to. You know? So this is something that has obviously fascinated me for a long time and yeah. continues to fascinate me. And, the, and the, um, the results have been both confirmed and unconfirmed? refuted, Denied. Refuted? Yeah. You know, by, by subsequent studies. Um, but this one continues to like live on and is talked about a lot. So Claire's quote obviously brought up that whole scenario to me.
0: Um, I'm just going to read it one more
1: time for the listener. For
0: to stand against a crowd would require something more than ordinary courage, something beyond human instinct. And I feared I did not have it, and fearing felt ashamed.
1: Right? So she's really in the, in the role of like the teacher where she's like, I know I should help. I know I should do something. But you know whether whether the authority figure is like Father Bane, whether it's Gilles the husband, whether it's like the mob itself, she is too afraid.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and and it's the thing. It's it's uh, it's in both your example and also um, this example that Claire goes through. The authority figure is less of a person and more of a structure of power Mm -hmm. and a structure of uh, perceived at the very least. Yeah, it's like a hierarchy of idea. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where it's like if I get into an argument with someone at the grocery store, then they are my peer who I am arguing with at the grocery store. However, I find out that that person is then my professor from next semester Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and like is responsible for my grade, I can't have an argument with the person, the professor, right. anymore. Like, like, I can't have the argument with the professor, but I can have the argument with the grocery store goer, yeah. even though they are the same person. Yeah. You know? Because um, it's about our roles inside of a structure that has already been set up and that we are choosing to participate in. And, like, this is part of the problem, and, like, this, it's a little bit political, but, like, not av- overtly so but um this is a little bit of my problem with a lot of people who are like I will change the system from the inside yeah. because like you hit barriers like this where like yeah there are people who can stand up to a mob but like just as claire is talking about like it is something beyond human instinct like it is not a I'll slowly get like break them down no it is like a if I'm going to change something from the inside, I'm going to be, you have to be willing risking to my job every day. Away. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and the majority of people are not built like that.
0: We can't do that. Yeah. No, no. Um, which is why we have structure in the first place. We have structure in yeah. the first place. We so have that we can't as a
1: civilization, so we don't have to be constantly on the verge of everything falling apart exactly. all the time. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I yeah. mean, this is why this is part of that dual, that like, double-edged sword mm-hmm. of like mob. Because when a mob isn't angry, it's a crowd. It's society, it's community, it's safety, Truth. right? And if you're a part of it, it gives you safety, yeah. social, economic, whatever, like physical in a lot of cases. It's yeah, you it know, could
1: 100% be a physical, physical safety, and that's really like a base instinct is totally self-preservation. Completely, you know. So you'll do a lot of things that you may not have done had that situation not presented in the way that it did, you know. And looking back, be like. Arr. I probably should have been on, you know, the right side Mm -hmm. of that, and I wasn't.
0: But it's it's the same idea of, like, why unions were originally formed, right? Yeah. There were these horrible working conditions, and one person by themselves couldn't do anything, but if you joined together, created a community, created a culture, then you have collective bargaining, exactly, and you're able to get things like The weekend. You know, no, like, so like, and a forty-hour work week, like, it's just, and like
1: normal compensation.
0: Yeah, decent fair wage.
1: I mean, not getting locked into the whatever floor of a shirtwaist factory on fire. God, oh yeah. my God, We're, yeah, fire exits. What the shit? I yeah, mean, I okay. didn't know we needed to
0: unionize for that, but it's okay. But we did, and that was part of the problem. Right, like, and we can get into corporate greed and whatever. That's a totally different topic. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I. I really, and this is part of why uh, the like kind of signals didn't really go off for me about Gielis in this chapter. They did a little bit, but not because of this. Um, Her initial instinct, because the initial instinct to just kind of go with what the crowd wants, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, And while I don't like it, right? No, I don't like. I want to say that I wouldn't make the same choice as we all do. Um, (laughs) The statistics don't bear it out. (laughs) And Claire, I think, ends up finding kind of a nice middle ground where she uses the small power that she does have right. to enact a larger change yeah, she's while still within maintaining her safety. Yeah, like and, the confines of the society at this point. Yeah, and, but she's also only able to do that because she has the privilege of being good friends with the wife of the person yes. doing the sentencing. Yes, yes. Like, if Gillis was married to someone else, if she happened to not be in town that day and found about it later, or, like... Yeah, this kid's going to lose a hand. Yeah. And it's a kid. It's, you know? Yeah. And in, in, in so, so much of this is about, like, circumstance mm-hmm. and and luck. Yeah. And then the ability to just, like, make a comment. I mean, it, it does kind of fall into, now we're moving slightly away from this, but into... um. That that old saying of like eighty percent of life is just showing up. Yeah,
1: being and in the right place. Being in the right
0: place. And so she's in this spot and she has an opportunity to say something and mm-hmm. so she says something.
1: Yeah. And so like this is an interesting thing about um time travel and how mm-hmm. and, and the philosophy of time travel in this universe is that there are things like um I don't know I don't Is it Doctor Who that uses the fixed points? Mm -hmm. Like there's some things that just always have to happen the way that they happen. Yeah.
0: Um, But you can change small things. Like Pompeii had to happen, but they were able to save the family. Like that one family. Yeah. And then he came back later as the 12th Doctor. Was he
1: really? Yeah. The dad in that family was Peter Capaldi. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I, know, right? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. But like, this is something similar to that, like where we all know that them stopping the Jacobite rebellion is doomed to fail, mm. but she's able to do something small here for like this kid who's going to grow up and like not be horribly maimed and be able to make a living on his own in a way that, you know, we don't know what would have happened had she not been there, but it could have been bad. I mean, the way that, that Father Vane is described, he likes to go for the hard sentences. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that guy should lose a hand. So he likes it. <laughs> there was one other thing in here. Oh, you had said about how Galus not wanting to go against the crowd felt normal. I agree that not acting on it felt mm-hmm. normal. But she didn't even, like, to me, the, the warning bell was that she didn't even, like, Seem to get why mm-hmm. it upset Claire at all. Like you know, you there's like there's a difference between like, er, that's unfortunate, but I can't do anything, and being like, I don't understand. Why do you care?
0: It is interesting. I think of what I'm, what I'm referring to is my uh, pre reread reaction, where I didn't have any warning bells when I okay. first read this scene. I think is what I'm talking about. Okay. Knowing now that one, she's from the '60s, which like at least in the US i mean obviously europe was having a slightly different 60s experience than the US yeah. cause the US a, a little bit yeah i mean yeah the US was just like really wrapped up in yes. civil rights movement like you know like that was yeah very large vietnam hadn't started yet like there was a lot of stuff going on um but regardless um but to, to be in that era mm-hmm. to like be basically a baby boomer yeah. um know about the war, know about all these, like, horrible things, and then, like, go back in time knowing that we've – she's already killed one husband. We know this. She's already killed one husband. I, I wrote about this um, when they were talking in the pasture. She's already killed one husband, and she's making jokes about killing her current yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Which I don't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure she ends up doing I later. I think she does. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. Wait, I do
1: remember, but I'm not going to tell you.
0: Okay, that's fine. But like, I just but whether or not she does or not kill her current husband, like we know she's already killed the one and like, yeah, I mean, if you kill one person, it's way easier to kill a second person. Oh not that God. I've killed any people. But, you
1: know, <laughs> I do study psychology.
0: But like, and, and, and yeah, she's just really like kind of flippant yeah. about. Flippant's a really good word for that. Life. And, like, the importance of life and the, like, sacredness the of finality life. The
1: of life. And the, um... I don't think that she really has a good understanding of that, like, her own mortality as it relates to other people's. Like, I think she's mm-hmm. pretty... Uh, things have gone well for her. She's mm-hmm. gotten everything that she's wanted so far. Mm-hmm. You know, so she doesn't really get that like the as easy as it is for you to to kill someone or to not, it is just as easy for someone else to decide your fate. Yeah, um, and that's kind of really freaky to think about. Um, I don't think that on my first read I had the kind of warning bells that I do yeah. now, but yeah, now that I know things, I'm like, oh, oh, God, like wow, I should have seen that coming. Like books ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like we don't, right? Um, and like I love her so much. In, when we first meet her, mm-hmm. I liked her again, even knowing I know. what I know. It's right. so weird. She's likable. She's likable. She's, She's fun. fun, and you can see what a relief she is for Claire. Yeah, like she is such a like a touchstone for Claire. Oh my god, someone I can talk to. Right, someone who. Gets someone it. who yeah, who I can talk with easily, who I can laugh with, you know, just like.
1: Yeah, you don't have to put on the show. Yeah, what you do with everyone else, and like that's exhausting.
0: It's super exhausting, and like I, what I love about her character in this moment is that what well, she gives that to Claire, mm-hmm. and she's able to like have a compa- a peer, honestly, yeah, like a real peer, um, in a way that even Jamie isn't yeah no you know he's not. and
1: I mean even even as she she reveals more of herself to him, he never quite gets to the point where he gets it the way that Gaelus does effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's through no fault of his own. he just doesn't have the understanding mm-hmm. of things like airplanes yeah and sperm.
0: <laughs> oh adorable. my God <laughs> That was such a cute. Oh and germs. Doesn't he want to
1: bury them? Yes, he does. Uh, Should we give them a proper burial? No, no, baby, no.
0: Um,
1: So all of this, we get through to the part where okay,
0: okay. So then she, so she asks Geely to go down Uh and to advocate for the boy. And so she does, and it takes forever, but then she comes back, and then she's just, like, talking about the rosemary or something. Right, and Claire she, and is like, she's,
1: like, she thinks it's funny.
0: Yeah, and Claire's, like, oh, my God, just tell me what happened. And then and she, she goes like, on this, oh, like, that. I love it because she's so, like, oh,
1: she's uh so you should have seen me.
0: Like, I could just see her, like flaunting, like, feigning like a faint on a Mm -hmm. chair. Just like, oh, my
1: goodness. Like, where's my Academy Award? Yeah,
0: exactly. And she makes this, like, super, uh, like, kind of throwaway phrase of, what a pity there's no place for acting here. And, like, we're supposed to think that it's about the space. Like, you could be an actor in London. Yes, like the town, Mm -hmm. not the time. Not the time. (laughs) But I have a feeling it might be a bit of both. Uh <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, if she, yeah, she decided that she wanted to move herself and reinvent herself again, she's like, she's a freaky chameleon.
0: Oh God, yeah. You know,
1: she can, she can fit in anywhere it seems. Um, and we learn later that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, although she seems to get crazier with age. Yeah, she definitely gets crazier with age. <laughs> uh, that's not, it's not a good look on anyone, maybe. Um, so she comes back up and, um, yeah, so you said that it's, um. A pity there's no place for acting here. My note is that it's all a game. It's a game to her. She's likable mm, and yet mm-hmm. terrifying. And I said she'll literally stab you in the back if it helps her. No, <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, with a smile. Yeah. I just imagine she has red hair and green eyes. I kind of
0: imagine, like, a poison ivy type mm-hmm. look. I imagine her, like, the red lips, skinny in the way that you wonder if they're healthy. Yeah. That's how I've always kind of imagined her. wonder... Quote, slender.
1: <laughs> As opposed to Claire, who, like, everyone keeps commenting that she has a really nice ass. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to know. Juicy.
0: I think yeah, it's one of the words that's used. later. That's in the next that's chapter. That's in the next chapter. Juicy. Juicy. God. Yeah. I'm like, what is a juicy ass? Like, all right. Um, anyway. So. All right, we've gone on for a long time yeah. with this. But it's important. Um... So anyway, it's revealed uh, that he has an hour in the pillory and one ear nailed. And Claire's like, nailed? Nailed to what? To the pillory, of course. Like, (laughs) duh. (laughs) Like, this is so normal. The most natural thing in the world. Like, okay, Geely, whatever. Yeah, I read that and I was like, ugh. Yeah. But like, and it does evoke Dickens a little bit of like, oh, okay, I guess this kind of child abuse is normal. Yeah, and I mean, she, she pulls that back and says it was, you
1: know, normal for the time, but, like, we're sitting here reading it, you know, and it was 200 years ago, and it was still 200 years ago for it must have been more than 300 years ago? Oh,
0: my God. It's 250, but it's the 40s, so, yeah, wow, it's closer to 300 yeah. now. Jeez, okay. Oh, okay. Anyway. Long time ago.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's like words on a page, and then when you're standing there, and there's this child getting a, a nail driven through his ear, and you're like, oh God, but the diseases. But where has that nail been? Also, that's a child. And then he has to tear his ear off. Well, his yep. his ear off the yeah. nail.
0: Well, she doesn't she doesn't know that yet. Not yet. Um, that's later. That's fine. But but we can get there because I think I think we're kind of almost there as time moves on and they're done with their herbs and they're drinking tea and who knocks on the door. Jamie but just Mr. pops up. Jamie McTavish. I wrote
1: Jamie um, he just pops up wherever Claire is.
0: I love it. I just wrote Jamie with three exclamation points. That's a good point to him,
1: too. Mine only has one exclamation point, uh, but it has a comment. Yes, um, he ducks through the doors.
0: You know, because he's too tall. Holy shit! The that doorways. man is large. He's-
1: like I know the doorways were smaller then because like people were smaller then, but like that image, like I'm staring at a door right now. Like he fills a doorway. Mm-hmm. Like goddamn, let me climb you like a tree. <laughs> and I'm not small. <gasps> <laughs> <gasps> uh, like, that is just very attractive let me tell you <laughs> uh-huh.
0: um, so then uh, also he sent a cloak along to keep her dry because it's like pouring rain mm-hmm. um, and then she finds out that the boy is still outside and still nailed to the pillory and Jamie's like yeah he just hasn't worked up the courage to tear, tear his- himself
1: loose yeah
0: <laughs> uh, and I gagged a little bit and Claire is horrified. Oh, there's a little thing that Jamie
1: says right when he shows up. I've been noting all of the funny little Scots phrases. Mm-hmm. And the one that he says is, you're to ride back, Wima. Wima? Ride back, Wima. i <laughs> like, you're so cute, Jamie. And he's, like, super chill about the whole thing, too. Like, he's weirdly chill about it as yeah. well. It's like, oh, yeah, he just hasn't figured it out. You know, eh, he's a little scared, but he'll be fine. And I was like...
0: I mean, this is Jamie who's like, I will be whipped for principal's sake. Sure, fine. Beat me up so I, you don't have to whip a 16-year-old girl. Destroy me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just tear your ear off. It'll be fine. Just fucking wreck me. Rub some dirt in it. <laughs> I don't know. I think Jamie's a little bit of like a masochist. Uh, no, I think he's just, like, doesn't really care, because he's always been fine before. He doesn't, like, see a personal injury as something to actively avoid.
1: Oh, baby. Who hurt you? <laughs> well, we know who hurt him. Never mind. Mm-hmm. That's the point of this book. Never mind.
0: Anyway, um, so then Claire gets this idea. <laughs> idea. And the way that she presents it is one of my <laughs> favorite Things in the world because she's like, a Mr. McTavish. And, and he, then he doesn't, doesn't hear answer. Her. And she's like, Jamie. He's like, oh, what? You're quite sizable, aren't you? And I'm like, oh my God. I love that you wrote that because I wrote his answer. And he- I, I wrote, you're quite sizable, aren't you? Oh my God, you flirt, Claire. And I
1: wrote, big enough for most things, Jamie, you flirt. <laughs>
0: So I were perfect. Uh, and then she says something about um quite strong strong in, the in the fingers. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's about like yes. it's sexual. Yes. It's so,
1: it's so sexual. Quirky.
0: And like, oh, do you need any chestnuts cracked? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. Stop. Crack my chestnuts any day of the week. Like, like we didn't like, even know
1: he's a virgin yet. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Boy with the
0: smooth talk. What? And like, and she just like uses it, you know? She's like, well, maybe you could pry the nail out from that boy's ear. And he's like, yeah, okay. Uh, immediately. He agrees immediately. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I can do that, provided there's a distraction, you know? Whatever. He's yeah. like, as long as, you know, like, he's like, yes, I will do it, provided that I physically can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as there's enough nails sticking out and you can get a distraction, eh, sure. Really fine. And then they go and they create the distraction and it works. Mm -hmm. And Claire has this, like, kind of moment where she's like, I didn't realize that it would be dangerous for For you Mm -hmm. to take this out because she, I don't think, fully realizes that he's also an outsider. She doesn't really realize his
1: position. No.
0: yet, No. And that's a bit purposeful, but, like, yeah. yeah, I, I, I wrote down that justice versus safety is the theme of this chapter. Yeah. Um, and and this is a little bit what I was, um, talking about earlier about this, like, because Jamie's like, oh, yeah, I'll help a kid out that feels like a good thing to do, Mm -hmm. provided you, Claire, can provide the safety for me to be able to not receive backlash. It's like, okay. Seems like a pretty fair trade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if if
1: all I have to do is fall off of a little pedestal and and pull some unfortunate lady with me, that's easy.
0: And then she, like... Brings this poor girl overboard with her. Oh I know. And poor they, unnamed girl, so she'll never come they, back. No. <laughs> they land in a like flurry of petticoats and
1: like <laughs> there were a lot of petticoats at this point.
0: Uh, yeah. Because it's so
1: cold. And Jamie, so when Jamie goes up to like talk to the boy, he like pretends like he's just like, gonna, like, like, ah, here, let me help you. And he goes, Oh, Laddie, got yourself in a boy in a rare swivet.
0: Rare swivet? I don't know what a
1: rare swivet is. I can't even really say it. But it's just another funny Scottishism. And I'm like, I said, holy shit, Jamie, you are so fucking Scottish. Like, I know he is, but he's totally
0: playing it up. Oh, he's totally. like trying to be like, oh here, let me just help you with that. And then you she's think, like, oh. I think he's also kind of lowering the education of his speech a yes. little bit. Yeah. Because he's more educated he to than blend pretty in. much everyone in the town. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, he's trying to blend in. He's trying to like be one of the like, he's trying to be a bro. It's the equivalent of being <laughs> he's a bro. Being a bro.
1: Right? 18th century Scottish bro, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: the God. the kid's like, no, no, please. <laughs> he just does it. And he's like, bye, run. Yeah? <laughs> you're free. And then, so then everyone flashes over her like, oh, my God, you swoon. Yeah. And Jamie being like, oh, you're swooning at blood when she's a fucking nurse. He's like, okay, whatever. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Sure, you're the acting doctor at the castle, but sure, you can't stand the sight of blood. Whatever. <laughs> it's hilarious. And she even mentions that like the ear
1: doesn't really look that bad. Yeah, like it's just kind of like she's like, okay, maybe it was kind of lenient. Like it
0: sounds terrible.
1: Yeah, but you know, knowing what could have happened to him,
0: like this yeah, that's really is pretty, not. He could have lost deal. a hand, and now he just has a hole in his ear. That will heal. That will heal. Yeah, and like maybe it'll be a little bumpy for the rest of his life. Who but like, cares? oh my god,
1: <laughs> my ears are bumpy, and I've never even had a nail driven through just just an earring. <laughs> A consensual male consensual male <laughs> you know it's like if you just weren't getting a gauge it's not a big deal yeah um and there's a, a little bit oh where she talks about the crowd going from being like super hostile towards the boy and then she faints faints quote yeah and they're all like oh my god can we help you
0: and it's like hospitality she has like 12 people surrounding mm-hmm. her like are you okay let me fan you and get you water. water and like, carry her back into the house I wonder how much of that is kind of standard Scottish uh, hospitality mm-hmm. and how much of it has anything to do with who she is because she's a resident of the castle she's English she's like there's a lot of kind of things that she has that might advantage her or disadvantage her in this situation yeah. and I'm not really sure I think, I mean, we've, we do we do see a
1: lot of examples of the Scottish hospitality being, like, way over the top for what, like, we in America would see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, they'll let a family of five join them for breakfast and just make it work,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Um, so I think it, it's probably a lot of just that is, like, the culture of the town is, like, oh, my God, we have to help this poor woman. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, like, she didn't even really, like – she didn't say anything, although some of them are probably aware of who she is. She mentions kind of in passing earlier in the chapter that she had seen, like, she had been accepted in the castle, but the people in the village were not quite sure what to make of her, and, like, some of them had made, like, the sign of the cross, like, in her presence. Mm-hmm. Thought she was a witch. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see, like, that is obviously working against her in the situation, but I think that, like, the inbred, like, oh, my God, we have to help everyone kind of... Um, like the hospitality. A hel- yeah, a
0: helpless woman mm-hmm. has fainted. We must make sure she's right. okay. Yeah, we can't leave her on the ground. It's raining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right. So then Jamie calls an end to the hospitality by saying, We have to leave and literally picking her up out of her chair and putting her on a horse. The first time he's picked her up. He picks her up a lot. He picks her up a lot. He's picked her up before. Okay. Um but then they ride so back cute. together. Just like their first ride, mm-hmm. she's in front of him. On she's the in horse. front of him on the I know. horse, but it's just and them. And it's raining, and it's just the two of them. And then they get there, and she thanks him.
1: And he's like, "Oh, it's nothing." Can't expect me to be uh, less bold than a wee Sassenach, last now, can we? Yeah. But then, even at the end,
0: he like calls her a
1: He says, "Good evening, Mistress Sassenach."
0: It's. I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. You're invoking this word that we were supposed to remember. Right. And now I'm like, oh my god. That's He's, his name for her. And he starts using it immediately. Yeah, pretty much. It's in the next chapter.
1: I don't remember it being in the next chapter, but I believe you. Like, in where he would have previously called her, like, Mistress Beecham. hmm Or, like, Claire, if they were being yeah. informal. But he just starts calling her Sassanac. I love it. Which is, like, it's honestly, like... Nicknames! Yes. It would be, like, almost weird for him to call her Claire at this point, like, you know, in book eight. Oh, God, yeah. Like, he talks about her, but when he's talking to her, that is the name she answers to. And I kind of have the the similar thing, like, with my husband. We have nicknames for each Mm -hmm. other. If he calls me by my name... Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. Like, when he hurt his hand... He came in and he screamed, Leanne, get your coat. And I went, okay, two things are weird. He said my name and it's 10 o'clock at night. Why do I need my coat? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, I think that's the end of the chapter. I think that's the end of the chapter too. Thank you all for listening.
1: You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Please review us on iTunes. It really helps people find the show. Thanks again. We are the the Sassy Sassanax. Do, 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 do. Mr. Sunman.
1: You do that every single week. <laughs> You're so right. Is it just like my presence brings the song out of you? <gasps> I don't know. Maybe
0: it's like the hum of the building.
1: This is a different <laughs> building.